In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, uh, including unbeaten months. Hopefully we finish that off tomorrow night. Uh, I am your host, Hooligan7, or uh, for tonight, uh, you can call me Hooligan7, uh, you know, H-O-O underscore I-G-A-N-S, or I-G-A-N, because uh, we ain't got no L's, and and here's hoping we're sticking with that plan. I'm hey. joined tonight uh, by Hood Husky, uh, a.k.a. an ass whoopin's brewin', <laughs> and the Darker Knight, a.k.a. Sir Chocolate Raindrop. How you gentlemen doing tonight? <laughs> Doing well, doing well, man. Doing real good, doing real good. Ready for this uh, ass whooping that's brewing. Yeah. Doing better than uh, my my enunciation trying to get my joke out, so. <laughs> <laughs> we got the original laugh, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I told it right in the pre-show, and then I I, I dropped the ball and <laughs> when the lights were on. <laughs> Who underscore I-G-A-N, because we ain't got no L's. <laughs> um well uh of course we got to start with beverages uh uh hood what do you got you know another day another h2o on the way you know so <laughs> i i had to change out the water bottle you know you got to recycle those plastic water bottles every now and then um got to get the next one ordered so i just got a glass of water what do they say like two three cups a day or something like that we on cup number three so, uh, nice. high quality H2O. Nice. Uh, darker night. How about you? Man, uh, kind of following the footsteps of my guy hood and got some H2O right here, but I also got some detox tea cause I know tomorrow is going to be going down. Um, so I'm prepping my body and my soul. <laughs> <laughs> detox nice. tea is going down. Yeah. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> um, I actually also have been on team water um, and then as a as a side or a secondary I've got a Zevia cream soda so zero calorie soda oh that sounds good that's not bad um, I don't have to work tomorrow so a, a little bit of caffeine at you know nine o'clock at night's not gonna kill me <laughs> not gonna not gonna harm you you'll just be up at one o'clock watching UCLA highlights Chilling. Oh, damn it. I could have said that. All right. I'm gonna, the part two of this podcast. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm going to have to edit that shit. <laughs> uh, where I've got insomnia and I'm like, hey, 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 I just noticed this in the film. Who <laughs> looking by himself breaking down film? <laughs> um, in any case, I think we can go ahead and move on to stupid tweets. Either of you have any? I don't think I've got anything in particular this week but um i actually man i don't know exactly what the the tweet said but the gentleman uh oh so it's uh is it chris trapasso so his his uh his oh. ad is chris trapasso as well um yes I, he I was just communicating todd mcshay said the clear-cut top three qbs are cj stroud bryce young and will levis um and talk uh Tyler Van Dyke and Anthony Richardson are loaded with talents or traits but are, have disappointed. So he mentioned Jaron Hall, Hendon Hooker, and Jake Hayner are all rising as well. And um Chris jumped in and rightfully so shouted out Michael Penix, Penix Jr. But um 
said Washington's offense is wide open and a little gimmicky. So uh, that was a little like, what? I don't know what type of offenses you've been watching in the NFL, but if uh, our offense is gimmicky, every NFL offense is equally gimmicky, and that's the highest level. So appreciate the uh, the underhanded compliment. Getting people open is a gimmick. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I hope we keep gimmicking that. Yeah. Please. Maybe his favorite school doesn't have a good offense. So, Did they hire John Donovan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who does that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, no other. That That's a, a great call out. Uh, Darker Knight, any tweets that uh, stood out to you since our last None one? on my end. None on my end. Uh since since our past game, but I'm sure there's some out there that I just may have over, overlooked, but uh, nothing from my side. I I, um, I guess I'll take the opportunity to call out a stupid football organization, and uh, here's looking at you, Miami Dolphins. Ooh. Yeah, that's big facts. Um, Litigation! Oh, I yeah. feel so bad for Tua. Yeah, Seriously. for sure. Like, put the people first. Like, it, it's not that hard. Um, or it really shouldn't be at least, um, moving on to talk about Stanford. Um, so, uh, despite the department of transportation's best efforts, uh, a pretty full house Saturday night, saw 40 to 22 win, uh, exercising a little bit of that Cardinal demon that we've had over the last few years. Uh, what stood out to, to you guys about the win Saturday night? Go, go ahead. Uh, sir, chocolate raindrop, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, you know, we did our score predictions. Uh, I feel like I was pretty spot on aside from a few points here and there. Kind of, it kind of went as what I thought it was when I felt our front was going to give them some issues. Uh, how many total sacks did I, did I predict? Anyway, that's not important. I think um, you said Trice was going to have three, so that was mad close, but I think, I think total you said five. What, what did you say? With, I said, um, well, I thought as a team we'd have at least eight. I think we had eight. Yeah, I I just thought the matchups were going to come down to their, you know, their ability to protect and our, our, you know, pass rush. Um, I knew we were obviously then in the secondary and um, I felt it was just great team ball. It It was, you know, complimentary football where, yes, you know, as youngsters, our corners got beat at times, but those are probably the biggest, most physical receivers they're going to see all year. Uh, but they held their own as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, McKee was definitely, his eyes kept going down <laughs> once he started feeling pressure and started sometimes feeling pressure that wasn't there um, and rushing throws. So just let you know just how well and how deep our team is uh, defensively. Offensively, uh, Penix, I think he rushed a lot of throws that he typically doesn't, and that led to an off 300-yard passing game, if you want to call it an off game. Um, but, I mean, just missing some big shots, I don't think we'll make that that same mistake twice. I think him just knowing he actually has more time than not in the pocket to, to make the plays we've been making for the past three games prior mm-hmm. um, will lead us into this game, and I think you'll see a much more efficient offense output. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, on the subject of sacks, uh, certainly, you know, in terms of one of the, I mean, it's, 
I don't think you can really say that there was a singular defensive player of that game. <laughs> there were too many guys that played really, really well. Um, but I did say it in a GC, and I, I certainly encourage anyone that listens to our podcast go back and watch. You know, go back and watch. You know, highlights or the you know Pac-12 60 minutes and 60. Um, you know, and, and watch Tupatala's two blitzes, and, and in particular, his second sack of McKee. Um, I, I, he, he damn near came close to eating Philkin's soul, <laughs> blowing up when he tried to pick him <laughs> the, up on the, the, effort, the pass the pro. Like, blew him the fuck up. Um, I will say on the subject of stupid things, uh, uh, you know, we, we've talked about stupid tweets and stupid football organizations. Um, I'm going to go with a stupid play call or a stupid play design that, hey, I'm going to fake like I just fumbled the football and just hold the ball right near the ground. And <laughs> like, when I've got a suspect offensive line to begin with and a team that's pretty talented at the edge mm-hmm. position, that's Let's very, that's innovative. That's it's gimmicky. That's what gimmicky looks like. Take my eyes off where I'm supposed to be throwing the ball. It's <laughs> a good pass. Like, oh, shit, wait a second. I'm going to pick, my, pick the ball back up. But, oh, my God, I've got three people right around me eating me for lunch. Mm-hmm. That's not on the key. That's a play call. That's a play design. That's just like that is a what the fuck is you doing? Yeah, we we all thought he he like was actually stumbling. It was until they showed the replay like the next day, where the majority of people kind of were like, "Whoa!" Like that was a a legit fake. What did you guys think of that slow mesh that they incorporated? I've seen Wake Forest kind of have a similar type offense, and that's where they picked it up. Slow, yeah, that slow like three second mesh where you don't know if it's a run or pass and then so to pop out. so with my uh with kind of like my like breakdown i was going to kind of sort of mention that uh so i'll just say like overall going into the game we knew mckee was going to be mckee like a stationary target um we had faced a lot of scrambling guys so that's why you were confident enough to predict braylon's good game and then the sacks and things like that so we knew mckee was going to be mckee and then um just kind of staying with the tone of defense like Player, we have to understand, like, a lot of people are giving um, some of our DBs a hard time for maybe what they want them to look like or they look like this in the past and now they're not looking like that. Well, a lot of people are playing out of position. Um, I said in spring ball that, you know, we were so thin at corner, I was surprised they didn't move Julius Irvin to the outside, and now we're seeing that, you know. So we got to think another one of our good safeties is now playing corner. So we don't even have Irving, Irvin to be back there, um, you know, to spell somebody like Acer or things like that. Cam Fab didn't practice at uh, safety, the position he's playing right now, all camp. So, so he's being thrust in a tough position. Um, mm-hmm. Dom, and this is to the slow mesh, Dom was really tasked um, with Elijah Higgins in the slot, one-on-one basically, all game. And that slow mesh was reading him. So the fact that Dom did such a good job, um, or I'll say uh, Elijah Higgins didn't have a crazy big game, kind of speaks to the job that, yeah, to the exactly to the job that Dom did. Um, But even with that slow mesh on on uh, when when McKee decided to pull and pass, like it was a tough read because Dom was breaking on the route. Dom would put his hands on Elijah Higgins and it would throw timing off. So um, it was really tough for McKee. It was either you get sacked or um, uh, I knew, I knew over time, like Philkins was going to wear down. He's just a young player. Um, and in the first quarter or whatever could be explosive. The second quarter could, but once that third and fourth quarter hit, it, it, those, those bruises were going to kind of take their toll. So to the slow mesh, I would say that was kind of like what I thought of it. I just thought it was like um, not a good, good time to like really ride it 
ride that uh, and rely on that when you have a, a crazy pass rush. You haven't had any type of pass rush like this all season, and you decided to really, really ride this um, in this type of game. I feel like that was the, the wrong decision. Um, edges right. came up big. Uh, shout out to Dom and Cam. But then also uh, Javion Green. Uh, I just wanted to mention him on defense. Ooh, that hit. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if somebody's replied to, to your tweet earlier this week, Hood, but uh, somebody needs to gift that in a hurry. Please. Please, Pop pretty goes please. The Cardinal. Pop go- <laughs> Man, and that was the last time, you know, you saw a real real fight out of Chase. See? And that's what we're mm-hmm. talking about is those types of plays. And I, I love seeing like there were three reps where uh Javion um and including that big hit where he just kind of peeled off his guy and had great feel just kind of for the game um, and, and got involved in plays that he really probably shouldn't have been involved in. Um, so I kind of like that feel um, that, that he has. Um, so, and then I'll say on offense um, kind of what to what the darker Knight really was saying was about like, uh, I guess the yeah, appendix was off, but if you're putting up 300 in an off game, like, you know, the majority of uh, teams in the country would take that. Um, the running game did, surprisingly well um talapapa who's usually like a conversion kind of running back had some explosives so that was really big to see um shout out uh, obviously rome's good game as well jackson um, obviously this was a get in shape game for him so it's kind of good seeing him out there uh kind of getting back in shape it's going to be interesting to see what that rotation looks like going forward um i think if i if i recall correctly from the how pff graded it that Jackson got a better grade than Troy in the run game, but Troy had a better grade than Jackson in the past game. The, and, and, you know, and I could, from where I was sitting in the stadium, I could see that Jackson was, was not necessarily, like, there's a difference between those two players at that position. There just is. And um, I think that that might have been a slight contributing factor to maybe Penix having a little bit of an off. He didn't quite get in the same kind of rhythm early in the game as we've seen him in previous weeks. Could that be a factor in that? Maybe was I encouraged to see the running game get going? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I had mentioned previously too. It um, just our game plan going into this game was establishing the run more and uh, mm-hmm. kind of leading off that off play action. Obviously, we took our shots, but it was good to see Da Papa get over a hundred yards and have mm-hmm. some explosive runs. That's his new um, career high. Mm-hmm. First of his career, yeah, uh, yep. along with that. Um, so it was it was good to see. It was very encouraging uh, and see the offensive line kind of dominate. Um, I did see there was some, you know, some things that give you pause was, um, I know it was Jackson's first game being back out there. Um, didn't quite have his football legs underneath him. Um, so there was a couple times where seeing his eyes and his head duck down and he kind of missed some blocks. Luckily, mm-hmm. you know, Mike was able to get the ball out and stuff like that. But um, yep. it was good that they let him get get his feet wet in there and then they kind of pulled him and then the offensive line seemed much more cohesive. Um, so, yeah. And if I'm one person to kind of, you know, um, demand certain things from you, um, then I'll definitely praise you when you when you kind of do those things. And that's for sure, Roma Dunze. Um, I definitely want to shout out Rome. I saw a fifty fifty grab. You know what I'm saying? Where you know you weren't you weren't able to extend that arm and get that separation to make a clean catch. You know what I mean? You had Can to really fight for that. that play for a minute. Come on, 
I, I mean, I, 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 you know, there were tweets and discussions about it all Saturday night and into Sunday. The ball placement of where Penix put that throw, man, Rome fighting through good coverage, um, uh-huh. you know, with contact, some hand fighting as the ball is in the air and getting basically into the into the catch pocket and making that grab. That was sweet, man. Uh, that that might know, be the best. That's a, a a league play. We saw the wazoo catch, and people think that's difficult. Um, me and Darker Knight know that, that that's not as difficult as it seems. Uh, catching that ball that he just caught, that uh, that ball versus Stanford was much more difficult oh, of yeah. a catch. Um, just the, the body control and things like that. Sure. So, shout out Rome, man. Hopefully, you know he continues that going on the season. I definitely feel like he will. So, yeah, he's such a I, he's such a. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go. I was just saying he's such a weapon for us, and and it's clearly like I think defenses are starting to like they they're getting to a point where particularly, and this isn't disrespect to anybody else in that room, defenses have figured out that they need to figure out where Rome is and where Jalen McMillan is at all times, or they're going to get burned. And and I will say credit to those guys in terms of even when they're not necessarily the primary option being viable, getting themselves open and, you know, and doing what they need to do to catch, to catch the defense's eyes and execute what their responsibilities are to get other guys open. And I'm, I'm also taking notes with uh, which running backs are able to score in this, in the red zone as well. Um, just cause that seems like, you know, early on, it seems like uh, Wayne was going to be fine with it, but then he seems like, kind of the third in that bunch now where it seems like cam davis and maybe will nixon are a little bit more um you know piercing of the offensive line than he is uh at the goal line so yeah although um, it was interesting we didn't see cam at all on saturday yeah true very true um they said do you want to play the healthiest guys i think it was yeah so. i mean and and i will say i mean i think the i think one of the ways that i described the game was just, oh sorry darker night go ahead did, did you have something? They... No, 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 you can finish. I can go after you're done. Everything. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like, I think it was a comfortable win. I think the main difference between it and some of the earlier games was, like, we ended up on a couple more drives this game with field goals instead of touchdowns for whatever reason. Do I think that that's a long-term problem? No. And, uh, and we've still been above 40 points every game this year, so. That was, or that was almost that. every game except like we we were we were one shy of it. Just one, yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Michigan State, so. But just showed hey, you thirty nine plus, I'll take it. We you know we were. <laughs> I think in the early days of the podcast, we were saying if or, or we'd had some discussions of something that the the season is over. Guys had pointed out that if Washington had been at the height of its you know the Peterson era, if we'd been able to just score twenty eight points every game, we would have lost like three games since two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was up into the the 2019 season. So, if we're scoring 39 a pop, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I can't complain. I mean, it's it, it felt like an off game, but the game was in hand. If that makes sense, like I didn't mm-hmm. feel like oh we're gonna blow this kind of thing. It was just a I wish we could put up more points or execute a little bit better. And I'm sure the players, um, it sounded like they weren't satisfied after the game either. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to see. Mr. Newton back out there again, even though he didn't do anything crazy, just seeing his physicality and his running style in there. And also the return of Will Nixon, 
missed that quickness, especially between the tackles. So it's good to see him get in the end zone as well. Um, and I know I did shout out Jackson for uh, one bad play. I do want to shout him out for this <laughs> devastating block he had on that screen. I don't know if you guys remember that. That uh, It was kind of like a swing the gate open screen we mm-hmm. had going on the left side. He just murdered this corner. Like I literally thought his soul left his body. Um, so that was good to see that physicality yeah. still there. There's another one, another good block, although the um, it was almost like putting the opposing ends of a magnet together on our first punt return. Uh, Julius got into the the Stanford gutter, and it was both guys ended up going like Julius did his job and knocked the the Stanford guy that he was uh, blocking did not have any part chance of participating in the play. Uh, but Julius also went <laughs> the direction a yard or two. Um, but, uh, but Hey, does it always have to be pretty? It gets the job done. It's all that matters. Um, yeah. yeah kind of can good. I was going to say kind of like to exactly kind of how I felt. Like, I, I think like, you have to really score with us and not only score with us, but score with us early. Um, and I said something like 21, 10, it was, I said it was going to be two possessions, but I said like 21, 10 first half or 24, seven, something like that. And it was 17 to seven. So, and I think we missed on a possession or something like that. So easily could have been, you know, 20 or 24. So, and I, and I think that's, um, was the recipe to success for sure for us was just getting out early, um, making that a trend, obviously in future weeks, but getting out early um, versus a team that had some, um, some explosive potential on the, the, on the outside with their receivers, especially with our inexperience on the outside. Yeah. Agreed. I, I will say that the thing that I was encouraged by um, was that they didn't have, you know, certainly bigger receivers against, you know, our, our secondary is, not anywhere near, you know, particularly with the injuries that we've had height-wise, undersized versus that receiving core, and didn't have a ton of problems tackling them at the point of the catch, or, you know, we didn't see a bunch of broken tackles from their receivers. Like, and, and, and I think it was mentioned in one of the other podcasts that I listened to, I think it might've been on, uh, uh, 12 pack radio that they talked about that like McKee threw some dimes in the second half, but it was the receiver made a great play mm-hmm. with the ball, but our, our defender was right there and they got a catch and that was it. Like it was ball was caught. Yeah. It moved the chains or, you know, it wasn't an incompletion, but it wasn't like, Hey, they caught it at 12 yards and then that's suddenly a 24 yard gain. I look at I look at run blocking too, like from those receivers. Those receivers are not little. Um, mm-hmm. EJ Higgins, like they were saying in the broadcast, I think like six two, six three, two thirty five. Now, even if he's not that, even if he's six two, two twenty five, that's still a huge receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, and 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 um, I think I, I take a lot from the run blocking of those receivers with our young um, corners. You yeah. know, you kind of. 
the pretty part of playing corner is the coverage element. And that's the fun part, but having to stick your nose in there, shed a block, things like that. I don't know if you saw, but Devon Banks had a rep where um, one of the receivers was kind of like slinging him around a little bit on, um, on, while he was run blocking him. And I just loved that. And, and uh, I felt like, obviously I feel like Devon lost it, but I just love that energy that he was showing that I'm not going to back down from you. Um, Javion makes a physical play and gets up and starts flexing and saying he's basically ready for this stage. These are first year players at the end of the day, um, physically comfortable on this level. And that's, that's the toughest part is to get somebody physically kind of comfortable. And credit to our, <laughs> our staff for that. And certainly I think that's a, another, you know, credit to coach McKeefery mm-hmm. and his whole team. If only Jackson could have benefited from that. Damn. Yeah. For, if we could have had McKeefer here two years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, if he, well, if Jackson had was was able to take part in any of the offseason program, yeah, like, seriously, he's the he he literally looks very different than every other offensive lineman. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious. Even Bainey, who's damn near listed bigger than him. So. Yep. Yeah. It came up in a conversation I had with a buddy yesterday, and I will also to, to shout out one uh, one additional defensive player who's I don't think he's ever going to just rack up the stats based on the role that he plays. Um, but uh, decision to move Ulumuale over to the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's working out pretty well. That guy is <laughs> pretty damn blah, well, like eating blocks and like. The line moves, or it, it either moves because he's pushing it backwards, or it's not going anywhere when when Ulamu is in, is involved. Um, and so that's also going to be a big key. And I mean, it is a strength to to, to segue into uh, into what's going to happen tomorrow night. Charbonnet is very good at keeping you know with as big a back as he is at keeping his meat moving and making cuts and jukes, um, but we're going to force him to do that because of the, the, the upfront holding the line against this offensive line. Or at least I don't see a ton from UCLA's offensive line that scares me in terms of us just getting road graded. No, what hurt us last time we played them uh, was missed tackles and our, our edges weren't as physical. Um, and so you've seen, the line of scrimmage getting pushed back um, this year. You're seeing a lot more stagnant, um, you know, more stagnant push from my offensive line when they try and meet that force of their defensive line. And you can just tell we're playing on the opposite side of the ball. So we're going to force him to move his feet, even though he's a big, you know, that's a big boy. But at the same time, you know, I trust our, our front seven, especially eat up those blocks and kind of let our linebackers fly around and, and make those tackles. Yeah. And uh, I think we talked to go ahead. Hood. Well, yeah, I mean, just kind of talking about UCLA a little bit, like I think offensively they, they do present a, a challenge, I think more mentally than, than physically or with speed or anything like that, or with natural talent or um, they just really stress keys and things like that. And I'll say also too, they do have a, a two headed monster at receiver. I'll say two and a half headed monster at receiver. That's more than willing to, um, I'll say more than capable of, of, of getting some explosive versus, um, I would say, uh, I think UW fans saw Keon Coleman's performance and, um, 
saw, I would say, Michael Wilson or um, what was the other receiver that caught uh, John Humphrey, I guess, performance versus us. Um, <clears throat> and they think Jake Bobo's not as athletic or has the same size. No, Jake Bobo might be the best receiver that we have faced coming up to this point. So, um, big, very, very big kid. I think he was all ACC as well. So, um, go watch a couple plays of his at UCLA already. You can see the athleticism oozing off the screen. So, I think offensively, we are going to have a, um, a maybe a tough time the first couple drives. Obviously, containing DTR as well. Um, so, offensively, I do think they have some early on success, a little bit more maybe than some other teams. Um, but I, I do think that it'll wither away as the game goes. Um, I do see, um, I, I guess Charbonnet hasn't had a bunch of uh, touches in the first few games. Um, and and when he does have those touches, granted, a lot have been explosives. I do feel like he's kind of tippy-toey a little bit now, um, not trying to get hurt, not get them sm- those small tissue injuries, just kind of preserving himself through the year maybe a little bit. So I'm curious when we start really, really hitting him, because that's what our defense is going to do. Does he bow out on some like Royce Freeman? So, kind of, kind of, kind of trying to trying to wait on that. Uh, defensively, they, me and me and Hooligan talked about it, man. Oh, man. What 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 them boys can't do on that defense, Hooligan? Uh, tackle. They can't tackle. <clears throat> that defense is fast. That defense is athletic. Um, but they cannot tackle. Um, they bring some physicality. I'll say number four. Um. Uh, Stephen Blaylock, the uh, um, uh, the starter Murphy, the uh, the starter Murphy brothers, really really good. Obviously, Latu is really really good. Um, but you Great you need more than out there. But it, I agree. Yeah. I, uh, was it who shouted him out from our staff on, on that side? Bo Calvert, Ale Cajo. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how much Ale is really playing on the year and like 18, 19 tackles, something like that. I mean, Darius Mousa's playing really, really good too. Mm -hmm. Um, What I will say is their, their, their secondary is athletic. I think this will give you more of a preview of how we'll play Oregon state. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they have a, a a similar secondary athletically. So if we have any success for us, I mean, their (laughs) length though, like you got Devin Kirkwood, who's six, three, one ninety five who had that interception last year um, on Dylan Morris uh, for Jay, uh, when he threw to Jalen McMillan. Um, and then you got like Mo Osling and things. And, and you know, there's, I forgot the other gentleman's name on the outside, but um, they got some corners that are definitely good. And Stephen Blaylock is a what fourth, fifth year player at this point. So mm-hmm. um, they'll be fine on the back end. That, we, that, that was one of the names on their defense. Uh, uh, other than that, those that, that came from UW. Way. But that we'd recruited Blaylock pretty heavily, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in that cycle, yeah. I mean, I think tackling. Um, I, I think offensively, it's going to be a. I haven't seen it at like. I think Talapapa could have his second, his second career hundred yard day, um, in, in you know, in, in a consecutive week. I, I, or I could see, I could easily see, depending on kind of who are our option two is that, that Wayne ends up with 60, 70 yards. We have somebody else with 60, 70 yards and we could have a third back at 20 or 30 yards because of their inability to tackle. And at a certain point, if they're trying to shore up interior run, we're going to be able to stretch them outside and, you know, either by, by design stretch runs or, you know, the, the motion, um, one of the places that, that stood out and I, I said it, I, I attended Saturday's game with my father-in-law, 
um, was I think like about an 18 or 19 yard run that Tala Papa had in the first half where we, I believe it was Giles Jackson that we motioned to the other side of the field, got the defense shifting. And then we ran um, basically to the short side, to the non or to the weak side of the line out the other side. And it was basically one-on-one in space um, with a smaller defender. And we ended up with a 16, 17, 18 yard gain. Um, this scheme is just nasty at doing stuff like that. We're going to pull your eyes. We're going to get you completely bent out of shape. And then you're not going to be able to like, while they're athletic, are they disciplined enough? And do they have the physicality to the point of tackling to contain it? I don't think so. I think it's twofold too, what you were saying, Hood. Uh, We got to remember, this is the same coaching staff that took Fresno State into UCLA. And, and had no issues throwing the ball. So they know this personnel very well. Um, obviously, they, they're familiar with um, what we like to do as well, but they're not familiar with the talent that we have in that scheme um, mm-hmm. to make those yep. type of plays as well. So, um, like I said, I, Ryan Grubb has given me no indication to, that he doesn't know what he's doing, and I know that's boy genius. Um, so he's playing chess while the other's playing checkers. I know he's going to cook up something nice. I really see this being a spread him and shred him type game for Penix mm-hmm. um, to kind of bolster his his national um, brand. But um, I see our, our running backs getting heavily involved in, in the passing game um, because their linebackers, while they're good coming downhill, they struggle going sideline to sideline yep. and tackling sideline to sideline. Um, so you get them in space, and I think with our quickness, we can do some damage. Um, I think we're going to use a short passing game to set up those deep shots instead of just yep. coming out throwing deep um, to kind of keep the defense honest and keep that pass rush honest as well um, and force the defense ends to kind of hesitate a little bit to buy Penix even more time. Um, but by the end of the third quarter, I don't really see it being that competitive. While I while I do agree that I feel like Penix is going to have a sharp game, um, I, what's funny to say this, but <clears throat> I think he could throw obviously for about three hundred. But I think it's going to be more, um, I'd say like at thirty attempts, and that's just me personally because I think I, I kind of um, match the thought process of Hooligan here, where we're going to really need our running game this game. Um, we had, we kind of mentioned on the spaces. I kind of posed a question like, "What was the biggest matchups you guys were interested in kind of seeing going into UCLA?" And I personally said Ryan Grubb with himself. You know, like you you were able to have four wide receivers have over a hundred yards passing. Um, I want to see a second running back have over a hundred yards rushing. You know, to really kind of flex your offense. We've seen Wayne be able to do it. Let's get a second running back, Cam Davis, Will Nixon, over that 100-yard mark. Um, I also want, like, four rushing touchdowns as well. So that eats into Penix's um, stat line a little bit. But I don't care if it's three to three, three from one person and one from the other, whatever. But I want four because I think there is a phys- physical element to this game that we're going to need to have. And I think that running game is going to kind of be the uh, the catalyst for that, and an explosive running game. And based on the UCLA film that I watched today to prep for the pod, I don't think they have. If if our O line shows up ready to ready to go and doesn't have a bad day, 
we're going to be able to cave them in the interior and, you know, and grind six and seven yards. And like, I don't think, I think hopefully, you know, two weeks past the, you know, four plays, you know, from an end goal to go situation where we couldn't punch it in. Um, I, I think that, that that kind of thing pisses this coaching staff off. And so I don't expect a, a repeat of that. And so I think that it, to your point, uh, there's a, hey, no, we, we need to show this as well. And, and a desire to like, you know, we're going to show that we can do everything we damn well want to. Oh, yeah. I, I think we're, so, I mean, it's going to be one of those games where you're not going to be able to tell what Greb wants to do. It's just, I mean, he kind of has, <laughs> I mean, just, it's like getting the candle store and him and calling plays. But I mean, I'm looking at what Hayner did last year against them. I mean, he was 38 of 53, and he threw for 455 on that defense. So, Lord have uh, mercy. And they don't have the old – I mean, granted, Fresno State doesn't have the old line that we do in terms of being able to, to do both. The old line, but. talent, speed. I mean, that was just scheme. So when you combine that scheme with better overall players. And I was saying, too, like that that scheme also has had – some modifications because of the level of talent. Yep. You know, he's able to do more things. Um, and if you think about uh, somebody also made a really, really good point uh, to me that, you know, uh, if you watch that South Alabama game, it was a real close game, but chip had to, they had to run more plays on offense and defense. It, it, they had to run a lot of their new stuff to gain an explosive. So now our staff has some keys for anything that they want to do because that game was so tight and that game was not only tight, but the way they played them was extremely physical. It was more like that kind of, it felt like that kind of old Stanford vibe where they just kind of leaned on you. It's a little modern version, obviously, but they kind of leaned on you. Their offensive line was real, real disciplined and big and strong. There were huge holes open for their running backs. And like Hooligan was saying too, that their running backs are breaking a bunch of tackles. So, oh yeah. I think you look at that South Alabama game and it kind of gives you uh, insight to the level of physicality that it's going to take to beat this team. It's not a lot, so. Cause that was a game yeah. going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they needed a really, really bad coaching decision and a subsequent drive down to kick a game-winning field goal to beat South Alabama. I mean, granted, obviously, I think UCLA will show up a little bit more for a conference opponent, particularly one that comes in at 4-0 than they did if they were maybe looking past South Alabama a little bit. But that said, does that make up for the, the difference in talent level between... South Alabama and the University of Washington? No. Um, I mean, I think on the on the other side of things, we've talked about it, like, ultimately, it's make DTR beat you with his arm. Uh-huh. Ultimately, like, he's going to, like, Charbonnet is going to get his yards. He's a good enough back, and they've got it's a good enough running game that that's going to happen. And DTR is going to get his, some of his rushing yards. Um but it's, I mean, and I think it's a key, like the, the way, and I think we talked about it in a previous pod, like our scheme to contain quarterback run is different than it was in years past. It's not where the edges stay home and frequently it's edges crashing down. And, um, you know, there's, there's some stunts where we're just trying to stack blockers and create obstacles to where the quarterback is trying to run. And then it's on the, the secondary and, and, you know, it's going to be on Dom Hanson yes, and Fab and everybody mm-hmm. in the safety you know, to, to, to clean that up. Yep. Great point. And they've been coming up. Uh, we've only had one immobile quarterback. 
So we can we have there's enough film out there on how well we come up and we tackle. Obviously, week one we were missing some tackles, but the last he carries a different level athlete, and and he's going to make probably a few more plays than Schley did in week one. But ultimately, with what we've talked about with the offensive play, at a certain point, our offense is just going to make you at a certain point like if you have if our offense gets a 10 point lead on you or a 14 point lead on you, because you bogged down at some point early in a game, if this offense comes out of the gate strong and puts you behind the eight ball at the end of the day, you are going to force teams to throw on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's corner, think, especially with our DBs, as long as they don't keep their eyes on the backfield and they just stay plastered um, when stuff breaks down, because I don't think DTR is really going to hurt us while in the pocket. Um, a lot of his stuff is off script and while he's running, and some of the stuff that um, he does off script, he just sorry. No, no. I was just saying that's that's really the only way I really see him hurting us. Um yep. although their receivers are big or they have a big receiver, um, and some are, you know, they're pretty veteran, you know, out wide, but um it's not enough where I feel like I fear them or I'm watching out for a specific player or anything like that. I literally just think you can stop the run and stop Zach enough. Um, and kind of force them into more of those third and longs, and we could beat them. I mean, yep. and, pretty handily. Yeah, and what I was going to say is that there's times when, yes, can he hurt you with his legs, and can he make some plays scrambling with his arm? Absolutely, but there are times where sometimes he goes off script and uh, the offense goes off the field, <laughs> and mm-hmm. not because they put one in the end zone. I'll, I think the turnovers will be the thing in this game. Um, I think I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it the the blowout feel that I say the other games kind of felt. Um, I definitely do have a lot more respect. I would say for their receiver, the receiving core. Um, you know, just with kind of just personally, just watching them and just uh, kind of Cam Brown, number zero, was my breakout player on offense for UCLA. So I've watched a, a lot of Cam Brown. Um, I there they do have another receiver who's kind of taken that Kyle Phillips role a little bit. Um, I, I don't know his name, but I believe he's number seventeen. Lo, uh, um, Logan Loya, I think is his name. Loya. Yeah, and and is is doing a really good job in that role, man. So I would say we're gonna have to be plastered. I think we do get Jordan Perriman back this week, so mm-hmm. I'm curious. You know, do people go back to their traditional roles? Where's Cam Fab gonna line up? You know, um, how are we gonna utilize Banks? Is it gonna be JV on Green or Banks first in based on the personnel that we you know the offense provides us? So, oh yeah, I think there's gonna be some some fun elements on offense that uh, they're gonna really show us. Yeah, in regards to predictions, like what are you guys, what are you guys vibing on, like a score? I'm gonna do this to me right now, huh? Absolutely, you talking about putting <laughs> up NFL numbers? You know, I've been pretty, I've been pretty accurate every game, minus a, a touchdown or a field goal here and there. Uh, I do, like you said, I have a lot of respect for UCLA and the athletes that they. They do feel, especially DTR. Um, I think he's tough. He's obviously very athletic. Um, uh, I do. I think their defense, you know, makes some plays in this game. But I do think we protect the ball. Uh, I think, like I said, it's a game going into the third. Um, so we kind of there's a little bit of pressure 
more applied to us or we have to make some adjustments, which I think we do. But I think we end up holding on and winning. I'm say Huskies 38 and Bruins 27. Uh, so you have a scoring under 40. Okay. Uh, I don't, um, I got it 45 to 31. God damn it. Hood. <laughs> that's what I, so no, no, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. We on the same so, wavelength. I'm just saying so that's, that's my what, score. <laughs> that's what I, uh, that's what I initially had. That's what I've been posting on Twitter. That's what I have in my notes. Um, but just kind of like talking it out on the pod, man, like I got to, I got to revert it back. I got to revert it back. I think both teams are actually going to score a little more than that. Um, so I'll probably, I'll give it 49, 38. Oh. I think both teams are going to really struggle to stop each other on, uh, on offense. I think, um, I think that UCLA offense is definitely going to give us some problems for sure. Um, so I'll say uh, 49, 38 high scoring game. Well, I'm going to go with what you were originally going to say because I'm 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 vibing on that 45 to 31. Um, yeah. I think it's relatively comfortable um, at a point. I don't think it's. I think you know. I think it probably. I could see this being 38 17 for a while. 38 24, and we get, you know, mm-hmm. we score that late. You know, we get a late one, and then they get a late one to to get to the final numbers. Or I could see it being at us forty five twenty four, and then they, you know, they get a, a garbage time one, um, but we've kept them at arm's length. I just, I don't. Maybe it's slight. I hope it's not slight overconfidence. I just don't see enough out of their defense to really, you know, unless we stop ourselves and don't execute to the the, the way we're capable of or the way we've seen for for the first four weeks. Yeah, unless we get too cute, I just don't see if we're just running yep. our standard, just kind of. Offense, I I don't see them slowing us down. I mean, I said thirty eight. I'm being nice, you know. I mean, my <laughs> my scores are typically out there, but every time I predicted over over fifty or you know close to fifty, we haven't gone close. I'm hoping this way they get over forty, mm-hmm. but you know. Who do you guys have as the breakout players of this game, or just the offensive, defensive MVP, and why? Um, I will say, um, defensively, I'm gonna say Thule, because if you watch uh, just the South Alabama game, uh, to Hooligans' point, you know you have your edges kind of like rush up field, and then you have a stun in the middle. Um, and, uh, then you just kind of stack blockers. Well, um, the D the, the interior defensive line for South, uh, South Alabama were shedding those blockers and making the plays on DTR. And that person who's going to have those opportunities is going to be Thule. So I think early and often is when he's going to need to make his impact. And if he does blow out, if he takes a while to warm up, that's when you have the score that I've predicted. Um, so I'll say defensively Thule, um, Offensively, man, um, I'm gonna say Michael Penix, man. I'm gonna challenge Michael Penix to. Obviously, I have uh, that uh, big rushing game. You know what I mean. But I'm gonna challenge Michael Penix to be a little bit more efficient this game. Um, kind of getting rhythm early, um, and and if it ends up being where we have to score late to kind of put the game away, 
be composed and efficient late. Uh, we saw a Stanford game where maybe his numbers uh, didn't seem like they were efficient. They were they were big time, but they weren't necessarily efficient. So I'm gonna challenge I'm gonna challenge challenge Himothy. <laughs> I'm him 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 him. him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I could see this being a really um, particularly with um, with Jake Bobo. I could see this being a really um, mm-hmm. I think Dom is going to be very important in this game in terms mm-hmm. of coverage and particularly with Asa out. Um, I could see Dom getting an interception on, you know, um, you know, and hand fighting and, and coming up with a pick. And so I think Dom's going to be really important in containing Bobo as well as being essentially that, you know, getting back kind of more to that, tradi- you know, with, with Perriman coming back more of a traditional Husky where he's going to essentially be our, uh, our third linebacker in, in certain spots, and that's going to be key in the running game. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think it's going to be like the – this isn't the guy that I'm going to say is going to have the – I think we will have a receiver that has a 100-yard game. I'm not going to put a prediction on who that's going to be. Um, but I do think in terms of stretching that defense sideline to sideline um, – I think this is going to be a game where I think you actually probably see 50 or 60 yards and maybe four or five catches out of Westover. Come on. Keeping the <laughs> moving. I like that. I um, like that a lot. I, I think you're going to see that a couple of times to, to keep chains moving when we need to and, and keep that, that, that efficiency, helping Pinex with the efficiency um, and consistency of moving, moving the ball down the field. The tight end targets have also been very easy. Like they've made the job on their targets very, very easy. So like that's really that's a really, really good choice too. Cause Westover and Co. haven't really had too many difficult catches to yep. to kind of fight through. Um, and I, I mean, and I would also say I'd love to see Quentin get a couple of catches. Same uh, the, the, the earned it. Because he has been blocking his ass off. Awesome. You know, you, Hooligan, you were talking about just like Dom making an impact. And one thing I have in my notes, man, is that I do feel like while I, I said turnovers is going to be the reason why, you know, I feel like we really separate ourselves from them. And um, while our edges may get there, cause some force fumbles, I think DTR throws two picks. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like to your point about Dom, that could easily be something that Dom is the, you know, the catalyst for. The, the recipient. Um, the recipient. The recipient of. Uh, but yeah, I think he he get we get some turnovers. Um, I really really want to challenge our defense to kind of for sure turn the ball over. Um, outside of uh, outside of Aces two first picks and uh, Mikael's, we haven't really had any explosive plays in the back end like that. So I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I um looking looking ahead at this game, I actually think two different things on defense. Well, I know we're only supposed to pick one guy, but I think no. this is an opportunity for uh savvy to have his breakout game as a husky mm-hmm. uh i love the nascar like package we have um especially on on obvious passing downs where we we put three defensive ends on there including boy um put them on the field i just I, he's been so close now to see him finally breaking through it at least a couple sacks um second guy who i who i'm just the more and more he gets comfortable i just think he's gonna be more of a playmaker as julius Irvin. i just think he's yep he's solidified himself as that that second corner uh even with mish being out but uh just his instincts and he's you can just tell he's gaining more and more confidence um playing outside um 
but yeah, I can see that happening. Um, I was initially going to go at Alex Cook because I, I have a feeling we're going to see the versatility of the Husky position in this mm-hmm. game where they're going to let Alex Cook do a lot of QB spy, especially in our pressure packages when we send, mm-hmm. you know, more than just the four. Um, so I think you're going to see Alex Cook all over the place. Um, offensively, um, I actually is going to, I'm going to go with Taj Davis. I think he's due for, for a hundred yard game. Um, with them paying a lot of attention to Rome and Jalen, I just think it's going to free up a lot of single matchups with him and, uh, mm-hmm. he's going to be able to take advantage of his matchup. So I see a big game from Taj Davis. Hood saying something, but we can't hear him because he's got the. I was saying, what happens first? uh... por favor. (laughs) (laughs) What what happens first? uh, A run, a second running back getting over a hundred yards rushing, or a fifth wide receiver getting over a hundred yards receiving? You know, well, you said Taj is going to get over a hundred, so that's fifth. So that's nuts. That's nuts. I see that happening. Gimmicky offense, though. My bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I could also. What I will also say is, I could see this being. You know, the the other amendment to that is, I could see this being a hundred and fifty total uh, all-purpose yard game for a running back, whether that's mm-hmm. Wayne or, or maybe a Cam Davis with like a an eighty-yard running day with seventy yards. Will Nixon. Yeah, well, yeah. well, if you if you kind of notice, like in all the games, they've only really executed um, that mesh with the with the wide receiver wheel swing. Like they've only executed like two or three times this whole season, and they've gone to it a couple times. Like Will mm-hmm. even got popped in this game, uh, or I think was it Stanford or was it Michigan State? I think it was Stanford. He got popped in the Stanford game um, on that type of route. So we definitely got to execute if we do run those types of plays to will, because they, they haven't been the cleanest um, targets all season. So. Yep. Anything else you, you gents want to discuss or, or mention? Ah, uh, man. Uh... <laughs> uh, someone says shout out to all the fall sports being ranked. Yep. Shout out to our athletic hey. department. All the fall sports are ranked. It's big a few, time. A few, of, a few of them even in the top ten, like three or four programs in the top ten, including Husky, mm-hmm. uh, men's Husky football's top ten. Men's soccer. Yep. Uh, yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. The, the, pack is, the, the dog pack is barking. And Josh, actually – that is a shout out that I want to make. Shout out to the students you guys showed up on Saturday. Facts, facts. Keep it up. Um, and I'm and I'm, I, dude, I'm struggling, man. I'm my two my my losses for the season. One included UCLA, and one was potentially Michigan State. And Lord have mercy, I don't feel like those are two schools that are on our level. So I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be a duke here, and I'm a, I'm very uncomfortable. I don't know what game we lose. So I, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the ones that I'm the most worried about the rest of the way, uh, or the three that I would be most concerned about the rest of the way, based on what we've seen in the season thus far, are all in the Pacific Northwest. And I would say that the, yep. the two that I worry about most uh, are in our neighboring state to the South. Yep. I agree. I agree. And even then that's just two. <laughs> out of 12 so lord right, have mercy roll to the, roll to the yeah. pac 12 championship would be 
between those three teams for sure. But one and no mentality. But let's get another W this weekend, uh, and uh, we'll be back with you next week to break down uh, our thoughts on on what happened tomorrow night uh, down in Pasadena and talk about what we expect to see in Tempe for a a nice balmy toasty one o'clock kick uh, in, no in uh, the land of the Sun Devils. <laughs> And ass whoopings brewing. Go dogs. Go dogs. Beat the Bruins. Shout out to everybody in LA.